Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your host, Dr. Ryan McCarthy. Welcome to Healthcare is Human. This is Ryan McCarthy. Listeners, in this episode of the podcast, I am sitting down and having an extended conversation uh, with some colleagues who, like all of us, are reflecting on the fact that the pandemic now is is two years old. And so I'm going to have my guest introduce herself. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Dr. Uday. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. Um, I currently own my practice, Apple Valley Family Medicine, and I also do aesthetic uh, services as well. Um, and it's a pleasure to be here. Now, when we look back, so two years ago, you know, a lot changed. Um, tell our listeners what you have been doing. And let me, let me have you divide that into a couple of sections. Uh, let's talk about the early days and then maybe the middle days into, you know, year one and then where you, where you are and what you're doing now. So let's, let's go to the early days. What was your healthcare life and experience at that time? So, um, for the most part, I work as primary care. Um, so I see all age groups and my day usually is uh, Monday through Friday, seeing full scope medicine patients, helping my patients. So it was busy. So I would say a keyword is busy helping people. Once the pandemic hit, it felt like it was scary because uh, a lot of people were afraid of, I guess, the unknown. We had people that were afraid to come into the office. Um, and also for us, we were wondering, you know, what that meant for us providing care. So we had to pivot a lot. So a lot of the, a lot of the concern and the fear was what this meant for the patients, what this meant for the um, medical professionals. Uh, you know, this was a disease that we, we weren't sure how many people were going to succumb to. We weren't sure if the healthcare system was going to be able to handle it. And so um, during that time, even with patients coming in, um, we had to consider doing a lot more virtuals, which is what we're doing now. And so it was a lot of uncertainty that we eventually figured out. Um, and so I would say, I don't know if to backtrack to now, um, we were seeing patients, um, nine, I would say 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. coming into the office. Now what we've done is we've split it and we see patients in the office in the morning and then we see people virtually in the afternoon. Um, but I will say the one thing that has been very um, concerning is uh, the effect on COVID in other arenas, the increase in mental health issues, um, there's a significant rise in that, both pediatrics and adults. And, I mean, it's been devastating uh, with parents, uh, you know, having to homeschool their kids, with um, children not being able to hang out with their um, peers, with um, even in the financial aspect, you know, kids that, um, how do I say this? that daily meal um, from school that is really important, not being able to access that because they have to be home. 
Um, you know, the other thing, increase in things like abuse, you know, because a lot of times with the best way to say it, I mean, with being able to go to school um, for, you know, a certain period of time, um, with them not being able to do that, being cooped up at home with either frustrated parents or um, not being able to get fed. So all these little issues, I mean, obviously this isn't what's happening with everyone, but those are the kind of things that um, were very impactful, at least the things that I noticed even in my practice. Um, the other one, something as basic as weight gain. Um, I noticed a lot of weight gain. I um, work with medical weight loss, and that's one of the things I do with my patients. And um, I would say, to be honest, over the past couple of years, uh, I would say an average of 20 to 50 pounds weight gain, believe it or not. And that, as a medical professional, affects everything, you know, from blood pressure to diabetes, um, to arthritis, to sleep apnea. And so, I don't know, it's just, it's been devastating. And that's the the thing that we are working on is trying to help. You know, Uday, I've uh, started to feel the same things in my own practice. And I feel like we have a new pandemic and you started to really highlight those issues, you know, the, the mental aspects, fit, you know, weight gain. You know, we haven't even touched upon people who delayed procedures, delayed mammograms, delayed colonoscopies, no screening. We know that there's another kind of pandemic starting with those problems. Now, when you were talking, I couldn't help but hear you, you know, as a primary care family medicine doctor, you know, lay out these concerns. And I know that you're a working mother. And so, yeah, let's go, let's, yeah, let's go back to the early days. Um, now, many of us feel like we've got like some pandemic game now, like, hey, we kind of know the lay of the land now. We didn't at the beginning, right? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, did you have what I'm going to call divided loyalties or divided allegiance or where did you feel like you could do any of your roles back to the pandemic? Take, take us there, working mom, doctor, practice owner, what was it like? Oh my goodness. Just thinking about it tears almost tears me up because it was, it was really hard. So, um, I have three children, um, ages 12, uh, going to be nine and a four year old. And so initially they were all virtual and for me, being a primary care doctor, owning my practice that I run day to day, um, we had short staffing issues. So I had a whole storm of things to deal with at the office. And so with my kids being virtual, um, so I would finish my regular day at the office and then I come home and it's another, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's a joy to take care of my children, but that teaching aspect, homework, and it was like, I'm supposed to cram in eight day, eight hours, excuse me, of education into two, three hours. It was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> that's, that's just, so it, it was very stressful. Um, we figured it out. I mean, we, we had a routine, but I have to say I was exhausted because 
I mean, even down to, it was the, the same mental health issues I was talking about. So, you know, the kids weren't getting to interact with their friends as much. And so that was another layer. Um, and just not being able to, it was hard. It was just, I, I still do a lot of juggling, but I just, it was hard. It, that's, that's all I can say. So I, I can see it in your face. And so I, I think a lot of us who had, you know, we're, we're still going to work and facing the dangers of COVID and right. And had, work, you know, and kids at home. Um, did it take you a long time to even process your own feelings? Um, I think I'm still processing it. Yeah. So, right. So, so many of us are still processing, but I, I've told many people that it took me more than a year just to, just to admit how tired I was. And part of that was, and I'll have you comment on this. I felt like I had to be brave for my patients. I felt like I had to be brave for my kids. I had to be brave for my wife. What kind of toll did that take on you? A lot. It was indescribable. I mean, I still do that now. I mean, we've always done it, you know, with being trained to be there and um, help our patients. We're, you know, we're people that give. But I feel like that scenario, is, it just reminds me of that saying of just burning the candle from both ends. And it's like a lot of times, just like you say, it's like you're pouring into you know, your family, you're pouring into your patients, you're, you know, as a business aspect, because I own my own practice, I'm pouring into my staff and the business. And it was felt like pouring from an empty cup. There was nothing left. I mean, there were just I was I was exhausted. Period. Wow, empty cup. That's a that's a very vivid description. And so, you know, we're talking here on um, what seemed like what seems like a you know a, a new start and a fresh beginning. I say that because listeners, it's a beautiful, bright, sunny, spring-like day here in West Virginia, and so um, it seems like we're a long way away from the dark early days of the pandemic. Now, um, let's describe for our listeners your your healthcare journey to get to West Virginia. Pick whatever highlights you want as to where where you're from, and then let's start with uh, what prompted you to even consider medicine in the first place. So um, I actually um, grew up in Nigeria, Talabalo. I was about 12, and then um, I moved to the United States. As far as when I knew I wanted to be a doctor, I, pr- I don't remember how old I was, but my parents say I was probably four. So it was something I always knew um, I wanted to do. Um, I think it's probably because um, I love science and math and I love helping people. So it was just one of those things that it just culminated into um, that career path. And it's been my driving force. Um, so I would say as far as training, um, I went to, I, I attended college at um, University of Maryland College Park. Um, and then uh, because I, my family's in Maryland, I think I wanted to try something different. I was going to do residency in Maryland, and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Let me try and go somewhere different because I figured I would just stay in Maryland. And I, I, I usually like to try new things. So I ended up going to West Virginia. I did my um, residency at Chestnut Hill Hospital. Um, and then, um, I enjoyed the experience. So I wanted to get a little bit closer back to family. It was about a five hour commute. And so, um, we decided on West Virginia. 
Um, I wanted everywhere else I've been, I've stayed is, has been a little bit more congested than I would like as far as traffic. And so I, I love it here. I love, uh, with West Virginia, there's just traffic is a thing of the past, you know, and the people are amazing. Um, people are very friendly and welcoming and, um, you can just tell that they, it's just that good old, um, neighborhood neighborly feeling that you get here and so that's that's my medical journey I right now um after I um graduated I worked a little bit over there in um Pennsylvania New Jersey and then um when we moved down here um I worked at Shenandoah um for a few years and then I opened um I, I and my husband opened our own practice. And so now I work um, in my own practice um, full time. And then I also work as an aesthetic uh, physician um, providing um, beauty care, Botox filler, uh, medical weight loss, and, and more. And um, lots of people that we've talked to for the podcast, you know, they bring their, their own unique background and they bring their their sometimes faith or religious, cultural traditions and, you know, their family life. It, it all comes to bear, obviously, in all aspects of life, but especially in a pandemic. Now, with, with your Nigerian background, what do you think were the uniquely Nigerian things that, you know, as we face the pandemic, do you think there were any things about your Nigerian upbringing um, that came to bear? And I, and I, I say that because... I interviewed a nurse um, who, at the beginning of COVID, she was from Malaysia, and she had lived through SARS 20 years ago. And so she had had experience uh, with a previous um, local uh, virus outbreak. So did you have anything like that in your cultural background that you feel like may have prepared you or gave you a a blueprint or a way of support as you started and, and dealt with the pandemic? So in my experience, I mean, I don't think that even with all experiences with what we've been going through with the pandemic, I feel like it's still a um, significant experience regardless of what um, experiences you've had. I would say with being Nigerian and growing there, um, they're resilient people and um, my work ethic and just resilience is what I, I bring you know, from growing up there and just even with my parents, they instilled that in all of us. I have three sisters and we are all, you know, um, working in different fields. They are in, I have one that's in, in um, accounting and um, other um, areas. And my other sister is in um, computers and HR and another one works in NASA. So, um, but I wouldn't say that I went through like an actual other pandemic while I was there. But I think it would be the resilience um, that I remember and just hard work. That's that's definitely what I picked up from my parents and from um, my culture. Now, given that you uh, your story is one of, of emigration and given that your kids are now approaching the age at which you came here, um, you know, I think many of us who are who have had an immigrant experience and many people have told me uh, they say things like, you know, um, I'm, I'm struggling or I'm worried that how do I impart to my children the things that I learned because I learned them in a different place. I learned them in a different time. Do you, do you have worries like that? Um, 
Um, or do you, you know, is that a concern because your, your kids are growing up in a, in a very different setting? No, I'm not. That's not of concern to me. I think it's, it's a different experience and I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, whatever you're trying to impart, you can, you can get, get that through to them. Um, I want to learn about all cultures. So, the plan would be for them to, I think with the pandemic and just with, I've always been training and busy. And so my plan is for them to visit um, frequently um, and also learn about other cultures. So, yeah. I, I've jokingly said to friends of mine who are in healthcare, I said, my poor traumatized feral children. And they kind of look at me and I say, no, listen, early on in the pandemic, I told my middle schooler, I said, listen, if you fail eighth grade, while I'm at work, they're going to give you another chance next year. Um, you know, kids, I think, who have grown up in healthcare families, you know, have a very different view of the pandemic. Um, and, and let me ask you this. I mean, I've, I found for myself, I eventually kind of stopped keeping it together. And what I mean by that is I just I wasn't brave anymore. You know, I was prepared to cry at, at the table at home. Um, you know, I would come home and I wouldn't shield my kids anymore. They're like, what'd you do today? And I'm like, well, somebody died in the ICU. And, you know, did, did you have a transition period like that where, you know, your professional life and your family life blurred to the point where you're like, you know what, it's all kind of hanging out here. My kids are going to see this. Um, I think I've always been like that. So I don't think it's new. I think it's more frequent, frequent maybe. Um, I would say, um, Age-wise also, I think I was also making sure that they were old enough to hear that. And they're all growing up now. And so, yeah, I definitely involve them in, I mean, obviously they're not getting details and stuff like that, but I do let them know, hey, I had a bad day today. I, you know, and it also just helps with um, them understanding that everything is imperfect. And so that's, that's part of their um, training them to be compassionate and, realize that, you know, everybody has, um, obstacles and, and things are happening. Now, as we look to the future, when you come in here and do this now, so all of us have pandemic experience and we're going to take things forward. What's your great hope for, for your professional practice about the way that you treat patients that might be pandemic informed, you know, um, while you're thinking of your answer, I, I've said before that, you know, the pandemic taught me that even in a hopeless situation, I can give the patient in front of me all of my compassion. I can give them all of my attention. I can give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and there were plenty of times before the pandemic, I don't think I was aware of that. You know, I was like, oh, I'm having a bad day and I'm going to try to do my best. But I now know that we can give that. Are there any things like that that you think about that I can, I can provide the following to people um, as a result of being in the pandemic? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think with the pandemic, um, just with us even being able to virtually take care of patients now, um, because like I said, we had to pivot. And so I think it's the experience definitely let me know that if your heart's in the right place and you have the right goals, um, that you'll find a way to do it. You'll find a way to take care of patients. And, um, it also showed me that a lot of people are willing to work together, just seeing people being there for each other. Um, and that's, that's my hope that, um, we tap into a lot more of that, um, to make sure that we're not only physically taking care of people, but emotionally taking care of people and just making sure that people are aware 
everyone is aware that somebody's there and somebody cares. Well, I think your expression of we will find a way, I, th I think that's how we'll end. Uday, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Oh, thank you so much. This was awesome. <laughs> You've been listening to Healthcare is Human. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human, stories from the healthcare ecosystem, ideas to change our health culture. This project was created by Ryan McCarthy. It was inspired by the hardworking staff of the Berkeley Medical Center. Be sure to check out the Healthcare is Human Facebook page to see amazing photographs by Molly Humphreys of Shepherdstown, West Virginia. You can find Molly's world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. Original music is by Isaac McCarthy, the one-man band. Kim Mattioli engineers the podcast. Some of our stories are featured in 100 Days in Appalachia. Check them out online at 100daysinappalachia.com. This project is supported by a grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Thanks to the Reed College of Media at our Mountain Mama, West Virginia University. Mountaineers go first. And remember, the next time you go to the hospital, a clinic, and urgent care, be sure to keep in mind that healthcare, healthcare is, is human. human.